1: Hello
0: hello
1: Yo, yo, yo.
2: We are back. Happy Labor Day. Happy no labor day.
1: Those who labor.
2: Yeah, no labor day. Yeah, Yeah. no labor day. Don't don't labor this weekend.
1: Yeah, not today. Yeah, you've been laboring all year. Labor gets a rest.
2: Yeah. Are you cooking out?
1: Mmm. So my son's in college and my whole (laughs) house is upside down. So you should cook out.
2: Like literally just like to lift spirits Mm. to return to some sort of normalcy. Be festive. Y'all are gonna have to recoup after, you know. No,
1: we're gonna we're gonna go to his Wallow. college and we're gonna t- hang out with him at his college. Oh, we're gonna take him to cute. lunch. That's okay. what I'm doing.
2: Do people go to lunch for Labor Day? Doesn't he want to come home? Why don't he come home?
1: He ain't trying. He ain't trying to. I was in the city the other day. I was like, "Yo, I'm in the city. You want to link up for a minute?" He's like, "No, I'm good, Pop. I, I'm with some friends." So, oh yeah, wow. Man. Okay.
2: Well, yeah, isn't nah. that what you want? You do want him to get out there and thrive versus being like i don't have no friends please no come comment. visit me his dad
1: nah. is his friend nah. okay no yeah nah, it was tough i ain't gonna lie yo dropping my kid off at college for me emotionally like one of the hardest things i've had to do like and it's bittersweet like you know it's funny it's like i know what mourning feels like with regards to death i know what joy feels like with regards to happiness but this is like, it's not even in the middle. It's just a combination of both woven together. Like, you know, your kid is good. Because, thriving, alive. Yeah, he's alive. He's well, he's healthy. He's in a good environment where he's going to better himself. But at the same time, you want him home. Like, you're, you're used to him being at home. And, like, it it, it was heartbreaking. Like, I, I've been crying nonstop, to be honest. Like, I I, I know I'm a thug and everything. Everybody looks at me as this big tough man. Our listeners okay. know
2: you're not a thug. Our listeners no, are very aware. Know. If there's a thug on the podcast,
1: yeah. I'm
2: I'm sure our listeners know who that person is.
1: It may seem out of character, sure, but I'm just telling you, like if, this was tough. This was tough.
2: It's allowed. It's allowed to be tough. Do you think yeah. the next one will be easier? <laughs> you got you to. You're doing it. this again don't, in two years.
1: Don't talk to me about my daughter leaving home. Do not. That's what we're not gonna do.
2: Okay. okay all right okay
1: yeah my my dad says the first one is the worst
2: that's what i'm thinking I'm like, i figure the first one is the worst
1: yeah i'm like pop so y'all didn't care about my ass leaving like only my that's older right. brother
2: you are the middle one yeah, yeah, yeah so apparently probably not. It, they it's it better
1: but but um you know she's a girl so it's probably gonna start all over again i'll probably be lurking in her bushes outside the dorm <laughs> for months
2: first of all why that's would what you I expect why would you assume her dorm will be so nice as to have bushes? Have you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> there will be bushes. I want my daughter to go to Spelman, you know. So there's bushes at Spellman.
2: There are. There are bushes at Spellman, but yeah, I don't know if those are the bushes you want to be in. I'm just Okay. Well, I'm but, gonna
1: be there. Okay. Okay.
2: Well be, right. be a creepy sounds, dad. Creepy dad. Messed up. Yeah, so to that our listeners, creepy. if you have a child who um may likely join um the freshman class of Spelman in the next two years or so. And you happen to see Alan in the bushes just lurking. Say, hey, momentum advisors.
1: Yeah, just lurking.
2: Yeah. Okay. So we got, we, funny enough, I don't know if you saw this, we got a complaint.
1: Hmm. On, on Twitter, on X?
2: (laughs) No, on email. No, what is it? Essentially, long story short, they were asking if we could put some sort of like rating system at the top of every episode to say if it's going to be PG-13, if there may be some oh, cursing, wow. um, because sometimes they listen to the show in the car with their children. Oh. Yeah, the answer to that is no. And not because we're trying to be mean. Listen, if you have not noticed, the show just takes us where it takes us. We do not know in advance uh, where it's going to go. Um, we do our best to keep this as family friendly as possible. Uh, but sometimes we get a little bit colorful and we yeah. don't want to shy away from that. But we don't know in advance how things are going to go. Um, yeah. So but
1: we know by the time it airs, we could think about something.
2: Could we, could we?
1: send this person a personal email? <laughs> every...
2: I'll make you okay. responsible for that. All Feel right. free maybe we
1: could tweet it like, hey, this is um, maybe we could put it in the comments.
2: TVMA comments of what?
1: Like, on the show, the app, yeah, like we will put it in the comments,
2: okay, like, yeah, so maybe we'll do that yeah,
1: i I've already said the a word today, and it wasn't awesome, okay, okay.
2: And I know I'm gonna say it, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, now that that for one, I'm touched that they listen with their kids, like mm-hmm. i I like that, but for two, I'm not trying to like embarrass them or make their kids grow up faster than they need to, so I, I feel that
2: where you act like we were using like big lots and lots and they did say that they were like it's not like it happens often you know you guys are not egregious but if we just had a heads up we would know kind of which shows to listen to around them and which not to
1: i feel that in my spirit and we're gonna do that we'll add something in the comments
2: here's the thing it's gonna happen for this podcast episode if we remember we will continue (laughs) to do it for sure (laughs) no question about it all of this is not what we're talking about today um no it's not at all. Do you want to ask me how my move went? No? Okay. Yeah. How
1: um well the poll came back and Oh my uh, God.
2: We never put the poll up. We never put the moving, poll up. Apparently. <laughs> we never put the poll up. And so it didn't come back. How
1: about that? Yeah. So you gotta move back, unfortunately. No, I actually the
2: the poll said we need to have um a momentum advisors DC live taping by the end of this year. That's what the poll said. So
1: that was met with silence. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that, that that would be cool. That yeah, be we
2: used good. to do live tapings before COVID. Before COVID, we would yeah. do live tapings in major cities and our major markets. So yeah. I think it would be great to do a live taping. Or maybe not even the actual taping, but um maybe just a live session An and event. parts yeah. of it gets taped.
1: Okay. I, I I can sign up for that. Maybe we do it at one of our dry cleaners. Maybe nice and fun. That's not going to be nice
2: or fun doing it at a dry cleaner. You know we we should do it.
1: Clean clothes.
2: oh my. Hey, oh, that is a way to lose listeners for sure. We should try to do it during CBC. We're black around the corner. So how many? How much time do you need to prepare for our podcast? (laughs) (laughs) You you know we're doing it weeks. Weeks. All
1: right. Well, we'll we'll come back. Let's not put that out there. Maybe. (laughs) Um, For next year's CBC, yes. So what are we talking about today? So um, we always talk about our prowess as investors. And Mm -hmm. I think we give the illusion that like everything goes well. That's not true. We just got the Midas touch.
2: We do not give that illusion. We talk about... I I try to. I try my don't. I don't. (laughs) I tell the truth. And I do talk about like when things are difficult, when things don't work out. You know, I do try to make sure we are always pushing out our true narrative right because we this is not our highlight reel like you guys get the reel all the time and a lot of it is going well and some of it is not and that's just what it means to be an entrepreneur that's what it means to be an investor like just period investing in anything whether it's your portfolio a business real estate there are good days and bad days
1: Mm -hmm, that's a fact
2: and we don't always do everything right
1: yeah that's a fact and so today we're talking about some bad investments that we made. Sometimes you get down bad and mm-hmm. it doesn't take you out the game. You know, I, I got a fortune cookie that said this phrase and it stuck with me. It says that failure is the tuition you pay for success. Like I, I believe that. And so today we'll talk about some bad investments, but also some like mistakes that a lot of investors make and how they can be corrected, how we can avoid them if we know the, the mistakes up front.
2: When it comes to making bad investments, sometimes you just made a mistake. Sometimes it's we're, nothing that you could have done about it and it was going to happen the way that it happened. But sometimes you could have done things a little bit differently. So we're going to talk about that.
1: Yeah. And the by the way, the we always steep our shows in what's happening in our world. And what prompted the show is we're going to court over one of our investments. And uh, we're actually the plaintiff in this case. And we're suing one of our old business partners.
2: Do you know and, the um, um, music? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. People's Court? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I you said Judge plaintiff. Wilder
1: was around for this. That was the first yeah. thing
2: I thought of when you said plaintiff. Yeah. And then they just type at the bottom of the screen. Yeah. Oh no. Yes. Okay.
1: Tiffany Hawkins was out there <laughs> just doing something strange for change. and
2: <laughs> oh, It's not going to end me up in court. I will tell you that. But yeah. yes, we are the plaintiff in the situation. For those who don't know what that means, Alan, that means...
1: We're the ones suing somebody. Exactly.
2: Exactly. And... We're running down on them.
1: Yeah. So most of what we're talking about today is is going to reflect on you as an investor in your own portfolio. But by the end of the show, we'll talk a little bit about some of the mistakes that we've made in the private market as well.
2: So let's talk about like how common it is to make mistakes. Let's go through some statistics around mistakes that have been made. So in 2022 alone, 58 percent of Americans have invested some money in the stock market. That's a lot yeah. of people.
1: Yeah, that's more than half.
2: That's more than and half of Americans have invested in the stock market. I'm kind of proud of y'all. Shout yeah. out to y'all.
1: And maybe that's in your 401k, your 403b, your TSP. Correct. Maybe it's at Robinhood, but a lot of folks are in the market.
2: That is the great news. Um, the median value of stocks owned by American families is around $40,000. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm not mad at that. Um, yep. it's definitely, you know, depending on age, that might not work for your goals. But if you're just getting started, it, you got to start somewhere. 60% yeah. of American men and 56% of American women own stocks.
1: That's pretty close. That I like that. Gender gap in pay has impacted y'all on stocks a little bit.
2: I mean, it doesn't doesn't say how much. It hasn't talked about the fact. actual quantity, but I just appreciate the fact that women are investing.
1: Absolutely. And I do think women are better investors, hands down, for sure.
2: Agreed. Agreed.
1: Yeah. Look at you for picking me as a partner. This I'm is sorry. What?
2: Of First of yeah. all, you picked me. <laughs> let's, let's tell the truth about what happened there. I did not. You were pick
1: brilliant you. with that.
2: Oh my God! Yeah. I did not pick you. You
1: saw me down by the docks, just docks. You saw. <laughs> you saw talent in me, and you oh just at me up. All right, so. And even millennials, even young folks are getting involved. 66% of millennials own stocks as well. But now let's get into some of the bad stats. Like here's some of the stuff that keeps us in business really, right? So number one, uh, the average American investor only holds their stocks for about five and a half months before selling it. Uh, That's a really, really short period of time. Like in comparison, if we went back to 2019, that number was eight and a half months. And if we went back 20 years prior, it was 14 months. Now, on average, if you hold stocks for like five years or more, you'll make money. Mm -hmm. But folks are holding stocks for like less than six months. And so this is the reason why when we look at the average return of an investor, it tends to be a lot lower than the market. So the the S&P 500, which is the top largest 500 stocks in the country, for the last 20 years has returned about nine and a half percent per year, but the average investor has only earned about 3.6%.
2: And I will say this, right? For those people who are the average investor who have only held their stock for five and a half months before selling it, it's really hard to call you investor. You are more of a trader, right? Like investing, as we always talk about, requires the addition of time. And so you're not going to see your full return. You're not going to really see your full opportunity if you don't actually implement the time.
1: Yeah, that's a big gap to get 3.6% when you could have gotten 9.5% by just, by just leaving it alone. Patient, my guy, like that's a really, really big difference. But Tiffany, you, you brought up trading. You brought up this idea of folks that are really focused on making that fast money. Would you believe that only 1.6% per year of day traders are successful by the end of the year. So So less than 2% are profitable.
2: By the end of the year. So here's the thing. I do follow a couple of day traders. They're friends of mine who have other jobs and they've decided to become day traders. And they will have you believing, based on any particular day, that they're a genius. That they're an absolute genius. I picked the right things. Everything Mm -hmm. went up today. It's amazing. Oh my God, I'm that guy. I don't hear from you on the rest of September, October, Mm -hmm. November, but they will show their highlight days. We are talking about just again, how successful are you by the end of the year? Are you net positive by the end of the year? And no one really talks about that when it comes to day trading. And honestly, it's hard to talk about that because you are trading at such high volumes on such a granular level. You might not be thinking about the net, positive by the end of the year or the net negative. But when you think about it that way, it may not be as sexy or as enticing as you think it is.
1: Yeah, because the flip side is that 98% of day traders lose money is really what the stat is, which makes these next stats make sense. So 80% of all day traders quit within the first two years. So 80% have had it up to here. They are and, fed up <laughs> and they're like, I'm not doing this no more.
2: And that's not because they made so much money that they could cash out. <laughs> no. That's not what that no. is.
1: Yeah, they're only 7% of day traders last five years or longer. Geez. Like 93% quit within those five years. But what's crazy, there's also a stat that shows a lot of traders who've been trading for over 10 years with a negative track record, they keep trading anyway.
2: I mean, how can you not? How can you not? <laughs> for real. Listen, at this point, I don't put it all on the line. I'm not a quitter. <laughs> I got... It's like gambling. Years, it's like gamblers. Like once you start gambling, you people do not stop gambling because they didn't win. You just, you makes you double down. It makes you come up with weird rituals, I'm sure, but it does not. Gamblers do yeah. not stop gambling because they didn't win. And so again, if you're like hell bent on making sure you get some money out of this or you feel like you've thrown everything you have into this situation and it's got to work out, then they not leaving. They not turning back.
1: Yeah, that's a fact. So I want to talk about how much money you would lose if you invested in a diversified portfolio of stocks over time. If you invest for at least five years, there's only a 3% chance of actually losing money if you stick with it. Versus again, we said 98% of folks are losing money every year. But if you held it out for five years, only a 3% chance you're going to lose money, like a 97% success rate if you stick with it. If you keep investing for 10 years, there's a 1% 1% chance of failure, Wait a 99% minute. chance of success. Somebody you call them it. traders.
2: Call the traders who've been trading Listen, for 10 years and let them on. know that you can um, log out Word. and um, life might work out better for you not being so involved.
1: And if you were to keep your money out there for 20 years, I know that's a long time, there's like a 0% chance of losing money in a diversified portfolio of stocks. Facts, these are numbers. We didn't make that up.
2: So for people who are like looking at financial advisors or exploring financial advisors and asking the ridiculous question of what can you guarantee, what's your guarantee return? Or can you guarantee me I'm not gonna lose any money? And the answer from uh, actual honest. Financial advisor is going to be absolutely not. We can't guarantee you that. But there are some things out here that feel close to a guarantee. You just have to do your part. You have to be patient. You have to be able to implement time. But yeah, no one can guarantee you any specific returns. But if we're looking at the numbers, there's some really, really strong considerations you should make if you're concerned about risk, volatility, or losing your money. And day trading is probably not it for you.
1: Yeah, we did a whole show on investing versus trading. We're not going to go through that show again. But again, I think we're breaking down some great mistakes, like things that people do that give them that three and a half percent return while everybody else is getting nine and a half percent returns. Yeah,
2: because I think it's also people asking the question, what's the hot stock? You're kind of looking on how to beat the benchmark. You're just looking for this one particular thing to blow up overnight. And not to say that that hasn't happened before and it may happen again, But long-term, it's not a realistic play. And so you want to put yourself in the best position possible to have the best gains possible.
1: Facts. So here's some of the mistakes. The first mistake is constantly watching the market. If you're watching CNBC, every single day or MSNBC or Fox business, first of all, you might see your boy on there every now and then. Oh my gosh. I I was on CNBC this week, but, but I'm saying like as much as I enjoy like going on there and talking my stuff, like you will get dumber from watching the financial news every day.
2: Yeah, it'll also just cause you to be worried about everything. I mean, their job, again, is to entice you to continue to watch. They are providing entertainment. It is information, but they do need to keep you compelled. And so they are disseminating information in a way that kind of keeps your levels up and down. You don't need that. You don't need to be worried all the time. You don't need to always be. Because as Alan mentioned, watching the market all the time is going to make you make irrational decisions. And this is a long game. You need to be patient, patient with yourself and patient with the market. So we have more mistakes that we really want to go through just to hopefully prevent you from making them when it comes to your investments. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors.
3: When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key.
2: so we are back yes we are talking about mistakes that you can make in your investment life whether it's in your portfolio Mm -hmm. real estate business entrepreneurship maybe even in people but mistakes happen we make them you will make them but hopefully by us sharing some common mistakes today you can avoid them
1: yeah so the next mistake is chasing the trends we all know them. We hear about them from our friends and social media. Trends around things like GameStop and cryptocurrency. You mean crypto GameStop? Currency.
2: Remember when yeah, it was GameStop? GameStop.
1: <laughs> yeah, word. And and Bitcoin.
2: And Bitcoin?
1: <laughs> Big.
2: It was such a trend. Y'all didn't even know what y'all was talking about.
1: <laughs> and Susus. That was another, oh, my god, That was another trend. Like I think people get this FOMO they think everybody's making money hand over fist and they got to get involved. And often it's a horrible time to get involved.
2: Yeah, and oftentimes people, people talking about it aren't actually making this money, right? Like that's the other thing. People oftentimes are not walking away with this money. From time to time, there's a couple of outliers, but the masses are not having these major gains that they're able to cash out on. Because what ends up happening is you end up riding the ride because you think it's just going to continue to go up. And then overnight you lose all of your money.
1: Yeah, that's a fact. And you don't even understand why it's going up. Like the thing that killed me about GameStop was the notion that folks were just running the stock up with no investment thesis. And that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, like you gotta have a view. (laughs) The stock market rises and falls based on the profitability of companies, not based on the beauty contest of, hey, we think this joint is looking kind of cute today. Right. And I think like the further we get away from that, the more folks are going to lose their money. You got to have a view on how much money this company is going to make and when. And that's what determines whether you should buy the stock or not.
2: Facts. Another huge mistake that people make is following bad advice from social media.
1: Yeah, we did a show about that. TikTok we did financial advice yeah that was a fun show go back alan and watch that show love tiktok
2: it. so much um i'm not on tiktok but alan loves tiktok so much but yeah here's the thing social media is our primary communication tool nowadays that is where a lot mm-hmm. of us are getting most of our information from and unfortunately it's not regulated people can say whatever they want to say it doesn't have to be true mm-hmm. or not and for you to just take advice at face value from people who are not experts who are not licensed who you don't know who just decided what they're title was on any random day it's not healthy it's not safe and so that level of misinformation I mean we have referred to so much of the horrible things we've heard on social media I know y'all felt a way about an LLC is not a business Mm -hmm. that was a podcast because we saw so many posts on social media saying go ahead and get your LLC and then get your duns number and then Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then put your car on your on your business credit lord with the impression that it has nothing to do with your personal credit lord right but there's so much bad advice when it comes to social media please i'm not saying if it comes your way maybe write it down look it up at a minimum just look it up
1: yeah or talk to your advisor about right. it like the thing about this blanket advice and by the way you'll notice We never give blanket advice on investments on this show. Like we're never saying, you know what, everybody go out and buy Apple or Google or whatever. Um, Because the thing is like in order to give somebody advice, you have to know their financial picture. So when we do calls with people who want to become clients, the first thing we do is walk through their financial picture. Like nobody can give you any advice on anything in your financial life. Until they first understand your financial picture and your goals and your tolerance for taking risk all that goes into the advice and the people on social media have no idea about those things
2: right so if you see a post on social media that says hey, buy the things uh, first of all know what the things are um mm-hmm. second of all if your account is in a negative they're not talking to you. Yeah. so again you need to make sure these things apply do you have a brokerage account to buy anything? Do you have any money? Do you even know where to start? Are you on the run? Like, listen, there's a lot of things that you need to take into consideration. I'm being lighthearted, but seriously, any information that you receive on social media, just in a blanket form, it's not for you. And it's not for you because they don't know you. And until they know you, then they can't make decisions for you or make recommendations for you. And also, they could just be wrong.
1: Did you see this article last week about the BRICS? Oh my God.
2: So. I I did not see the article, but I heard about it because our manager at our dry cleaners yesterday sat me down to say, Hey, we really need to talk. And I'm thinking there's something up with one of our businesses. Mm. She goes, So are you concerned about the bricks? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm li- no, a lot of you not. She goes, Are you concerned about the bricks? Because our currency Why? isn't gonna matter anymore. And so everything's going to get way more expensive, right? And I was like, what? And I was like, right. First of all... um, Are we
1: moving weight and I didn't know? What bricks are you
2: talking about? (laughs) And our new dry cleaners are already finished construction. So I know you're not talking about those bricks. When I finally realized what she was talking about, I said, so no. First of all, calm down. Do you even know what you're talking about? And she Mm -hmm. was like, no, that's why I'm bringing it up to you because everybody's going to (laughs) get... more expensive now all the things that we import from China are literally all the things that we import from China we're now not going to be able to get we're gonna have to pay so much money and I said well it doesn't work quite like that and whatever is going on you're not going to feel it for some time I was like and if your specific concern is China just stop buying items imported from China I was like but it, it doesn't work like that and I need you to focus on your job
1: yeah. And so the funny thing about the BRICS, right? So I'm on several group texts. Group text is my favorite form of social media. And a lot of times people ask me investment advice on group text. Like I'm not giving specific advice, but I'll tell you what I think like real quick. And he's uh, like, one of the guys is like, Hey, do you think we should be investing in the BRICS? This is the future. I'm like, first of all, the BRICS have been around for 20 years. Forever. BRICS are basically it's Brazil, Russia, India, China, initially yep. and they added-
2: No, Alan, um, it's BRICS.
1: <laughs> they added South Africa and now they're talking about adding the UAE, Saudi Arabia and like all these other countries. So like now it sounds like gonna...
2: Brixis. It's Brixis now.
1: Oh, it's like five new countries are adding to the mix. And what I'm getting at is like If you're getting all your advice from the social media tagline and you go out and buy the bricks, you might not realize what you're buying. Like you're buying way more than what the headline says. And again, it's really important to get to know what is the thing that I'm investing in and why. So the next mistake that people make, and we talked about this before, it's time. It's not giving your investments the time to grow. Investments, again, if we could break down investments in a simple form, it's taking your cash, mixing it with an opportunity, and then giving it time. If you don't give your investment time, and by the way, time is not five and a half months, like you're j- like just getting started in five and a half months. Like time is like multiple years. It's like three to five years. Like any investment you make, especially if you're talking about a stock market investment, you've got to be comfortable holding on to it for at least three to five years. or don't do it.
2: same thing with people. If you're not willing to hold on to that man for three or five years, just go on and oh, let him God. go. <laughs> don't even do it. Don't go out on a date. Especially, I know like summer's almost over. So, you Whatever. know, we're, first of all, everybody's you auditioning very much, for cuffing season.
1: It wasn't too long ago. You were out here living your best life, trying to have a good time, dating for the sake of dating. And now, if you ain't going to be with them for three to five years, don't go on a date. You see first what of all, I'm saying?
2: I ain't never been out here dating you, for you the sake of dating. You have
1: told me this. You have told me this. There were times in your life that you were just interested in just dating for the time. sake of dating.
2: Having a Having good, a good time. time.
1: See, look at you smiling. <laughs> See? Now, all Having of a sudden, a if you time. ain't trying to get married, then you out here wasting I didn't time. say
2: marry. I didn't say marry. I said invest. Three to five
1: years. Yeah. Invest.
2: Do not invest in that man. Now, you can go out on dates with him. Don't yeah. invest. Don't give him no money. Okay? Don't oh buy him God. no new clothes. <laughs> Don't go on no... Jordans. No. no. <laughs> no. Don't <laughs> buy him no Jordans.
1: At least, Stop What about that. the Jordan 2s the Jordan or th- don't, the ones don't put that nobody likes? Don't put him on your likes. cell
2: phone plan. <laughs> if you are not, if you can't see yourself winning for three to five years, don't invest. I didn't say yeah. don't go out on the date. That's his investment, okay. not yours.
1: <laughs> okay, well, you got to give him time, but whatever. The next mistake that we see people make all the time is investing money that you'll need back soon. Word. That's why you don't have the time because you ain't have the money in the first place to be putting into.
2: <laughs> no, that's a fact. So if you cannot live without this money for an extended period of time, you don't have the money to invest. Um so also don't liquidate your savings account because that money is there to be your primary form of defense. And so you will need that money because accidents happen no matter what. Whether it's your boiler going or you needing four new tires, you're not going to, want to have to liquidate your brokerage account because you need new tires. So here's the thing. What money can you live without? What money can you put away and not think about and not need for an extended period of time? The goal is to eventually use the money, but not in the next couple of years. That's the money that you yeah. have to invest.
1: Absolutely. Next is having unclear investing goals. And I always talk to people about what they expect to make, because I think there's this presumption that you're going to triple your money every year if you're an investor. And that's not realistic. Like I often tell people like, you know, I, I gave the stat earlier that over the last 20 years, the average return in the stock market is nine and a half percent. By the way, these last 20 years have been really, really strong. Mm-hmm. So like if, if I invested 10 K, that means if I got the average return, I made an extra thousand dollars a year, at the end of the year per year. Right now. You got to ask yourself, like if this $10,000 that you're holding on to that's burning a hole in your pocket, if your goal is for that 10000 to be meaningful in terms of the returns that it produces, then don't put it in stocks because a $1,000 a year ain't going to change anybody's life necessarily.
2: I mean, if now, you give it a lot of years and you count on compound years. interest, yeah, if you give Absolutely. it a lot of years, it is going to have a meaningful difference.
1: Yeah, it'll, it'll double. Like if you, if you were to earn, you know, let's say a 7% return, it's going to double every 10 years. So 10,000 becomes 20,000, 20,000 becomes 40,000. Right. But again, I think some people think I've got this 10 K I need to quit. I need to be able to quit my job next year. And so for that, I would say, look, if you've got a small amount of money and you want a big return, (laughs) start a business.
2: 10,000, 10,000.
1: Start a business.
2: Yeah, sure. Or invest in your
1: education. Like, these are things where you can get a much bigger return than stocks and bonds. And I don't a mean the illegal or kind of education. drugs.
2: I did not mean the illegal kind of drugs because oh, weed whatever. is legal. Marijuana is legal. Oh edibles is a, is a hot market for edibles. Um, yeah. But you have to do something different. No, to your point, you're going to have to get innovative and you're going to have to apply your own effort. If all you have is $10,000 and to Alan's point, you're trying to have a meaningful change overnight. That means you're going to have to apply your own effort effort there is a balance like there is a trade-off you can either apply your time and be patient but if you don't have patience then that means you have plenty of effort that you are willing to apply to the situation to make you the money that you need
1: great so next we see people trying to time the market Mm -hmm. hey is it a good time to invest is it you know know the market's always down in
2: in the summer and then it comes back up in christmas
1: (laughs) (laughs) There used to be this phrase sell in May and go away, like invest from January to May and then just go to cash after that. Like if these little rules of thumb, if they worked like we wouldn't be here right now, like we would just do it with our own money and just be chilling off the profits we made. But like the market goes up and down and there's no telling what it's going to do.
2: If these things worked then it wouldn't work. Like the whole point of the market is that it's unpredictable, right? And so if everybody knew what was going to happen and when it was going to happen, people would all buy at the same time and all sell at the same time. And so there would be no winners. So yeah, like it's just, you cannot time the market. Different things happen every single day. The market responds to so many different circumstances, some which are true circumstances, others which just newsworthy and just have an impact for the day. Um, again, I just made that up. I, I don't know anything about this market being down this the summer and up at Christmas. Um, but you know, you cannot time the market. You cannot, unless you have insider trading and then you got to go to jail.
1: Yeah, that's a fact. So I want to give you guys some, some stats around money flows. So money flows is like a lot of times investors look at, how much cash is flowing into stocks versus how much cash is flowing into bonds. And that's sort of an indication of what I should be doing, right? So I'm gonna give you a quick stat. So in 1999, if you can think about the stock market in 1999, this is when the internet was coming out, right? There's this huge tech bubble, like there were all of these new tech startups that were were happening. And by 2001, it was all collapsing, right? So 1999, we're like on the precipice, of this great revolution in terms of the internet. So in 1999, $156 billion flowed into stocks and only about 5 billion went into into safe investments like bonds. So really out of $161 billion that got invested in 1999, over 90% of it went into the stock market at that time because of this view that the internet's going to be a game changer.
2: How much did you have invested in 1999?
1: I was just coming out of college, first of all. I made my first investment in April of 2000. Okay. And since today's show's about mistakes, I bought two investments. One was Cisco stock. I bought Cisco for $76. It went to $80 the next week, and I thought I was a genius. I also bought a fund, a mutual fund called Munder Net, Net which was only internet stocks. And I took every penny that I had which was all the money I had saved to put a down payment on a house and to buy an engagement ring for my, my then-girlfriend. Would you believe that within about six to nine months, my investment was down
2: 80%? Jesus.
1: 80%. So if I put up 10K, it was worth 2K later that year. And so what'd you do? I had to go get a job. I had to go get a part-time <laughs> job. Like I had to work two jobs to save up more money, to buy the house and to get engaged. And that's when I learned this idea that like investing really, really involves time. And also you can't chase the hot thing because like the Internet was hot in 1999 and 2000.
2: Did you sell, though? Did you get out of those investments or did you just leave it in there?
1: I left it in, like, I was just like, yo, like, I didn't know a lot about investing. I had my license to invest, I had a college degree, but I really didn't know a lot about investing. I left it and it eventually came back, but I think it took like, somewhere between five and seven years. Remember that 1%, that 3% of the time Mm -hmm. where you could lose money over five years? I was in that 3%, right? And if you look at flows, money flows, the money always flows in after. So like, if I fast forward back to 2002, right 2002 we had just come out of the tech bubble right like the market was actually rebounding but that year there was again about 155 billion dollars that went into investments 90% went into bonds and at that time in 2002 the stock market took off it went up like almost 100% in the next few years leading up to the financial crisis of course but again it's this idea that people often invest today based on what happened yesterday and they try to time the market based on what they're seeing. And that's a horrible way to invest. That's one of the reasons why folks are getting these low returns.
2: Yeah. Other mistakes are just delaying investing altogether. Just putting it off. Just saying, listen, I'll get to it next year. I'll worry about it in 10 years. I'm young. I'm healthy. I'm going to work for a really long time. It's not something I need to worry about. Or, you know, I hear the market's down right now. Anyway, everybody's complaining. I've been watching CNBC. So it's not it's not the right time to invest. That's absolutely not true. I mean, honestly, all the time is the right time to invest. Investing in the market, investing in different opportunities is really just the investment in yourself. You are putting your money to work to benefit you and your family. And so there is no wrong time to start doing that.
1: So on that note of delaying, there's a lot of people who kind of believe that cash is king. And that's really easy to do right now because money market funds are yielding like 5%, right? It's easy to say, no, instead of investing, I'm just gonna put my money in cash and earn this 5%. Like the issue with delaying, the issue with cash is the idea of inflation. And like, if you put your money in cash, it's gonna be worth less in five years. It's gonna be worth less in 10 years. Investing is a way to make sure that your money at a minimum keeps up with inflation but at best that your money's working for you to be able to create wealth for you, to help you achieve your goals and and, and whatnot. But I wanted to give some stats around cash versus the stock market. So like, there's a lot of folks who who look at the yields that you get in money markets right now, 5%, and they're saying this is a better play than being in the stock market. Well, statistically, over a 10-year period, 88% of the time, the stock market does better than cash, meaning any rolling period of time almost 90% of the time, you're gonna do better off by being in in stocks. But even if we looked at shorter periods of time, like a a one month period of time, 64% of the time, the stock market does better than cash. So literally two thirds of the time, any given month, the stock market will do better than cash. And again, over a long period of time, there's almost a 90% chance that the stock market's gonna outperform your cash. So don't delay and don't be so afraid that you just put your money under the mattress,
2: basically. So another huge mistake, which Alan kind of talked about earlier today in his own circumstance, is putting all your eggs in one basket. So Mm -hmm. Alan put all of his money in, it was two baskets essentially, but you know, into one stock and one fund, but you have to diversify. And not only just diversify in your stocks and your investment selection, but in the types of investment. When we talk about diversify, we don't mean I have Apple, Google, Netflix, and Microsoft. We mean I've got stocks, I've got bonds, I've got real estate, I've got private equity, I have funds, I have a variety of different things going on. You want to be able to diversify because everything is going to have a bad day. And the whole point Mm -hmm. of diversifying is making sure that when one thing has a bad day, the other things are having good days so that you are protected and that you feel secure around your overall return long-term. Thanks. So we're going to continue to highlight more mistakes that you may have made, that we have made, or are Mm -hmm. making, um, but we want to prevent you from making them in the future if we can. So stick with us. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors. it's the past. Thank you so much for listening to the Momentum Advisors show. This is Sean King, founder and CEO of the North Star. If you want to hear more shows like this featuring black and brown voices on the most important issues of the day, head over right now to the Northstar.com to discover all the podcasts we have to offer. We have over 500 different episodes from six different podcast series, and they're all great. Check them out. So we're back. Yes. Still talking about mistakes. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And these are mistakes that anybody can make, right? Like to Alan's point, he was making mistakes while he was licensed and had his degree, right? So he had all the things you're supposed to have to know Mm -hmm. all the things around investments. You're never going to know all the things. You're never going to be able to time the market. You're never going to get it right every single time. The best thing you could do is plan and strategize based on research, history, information, insight, and what you believe, because that's super, super important, what you believe around your investments in order to have the best outcome imaginable. But mistakes will happen and we're talking them through.
1: Mm -hmm. That's a fact. So we're almost done with the general mistakes and we'll end with like mistakes that we've made and we'll take a little egg on our face just to be able to make this a learning opportunity for everybody we we've paid the tuition we've made the failures and we want to make sure that you get the success on the other end so other mistakes we see people make not understanding the investment like this is something I've always believed because I I've lost money and I didn't know why and that's not a good feeling it, it reminds me of a time back in the day when I have been drinking. I was at a college party. Me and my boys all went to the party. Okay, and I, I was, I think I was of age, and I, and I knew. I better think than two. I was of age. I, I believe I may have, may have been. Wow, twenty. Maybe I was twenty-one. Let's let's just say wow. I was twenty-one. Okay, and me and my boys are all we're drinking at the party, and and we're walking back to the car, and they're looking at me like, I know you don't think you're about to drive, and I'm like, back. yeah, you're right. And so I give my keys to my homeboy. I give my keys to him. Now he's been drinking too. Like we're both wilding, but I give him the keys and he immediately backs my car up into a pole.
2: Oh my gosh.
1: And I'm like, (laughs) like if anybody's (laughs) going to crash my car, let it be me. And this is my analogy for like control and like understanding what you're getting yourself into. And I, and by the way, I don't want my car to crash. Like I want my car. I don't know if this is a
2: good analogy. Bigger picture.
1: Yeah. But I'm just saying like not understanding something is that idea of getting into a car and you don't know what's going to happen and you don't know what you expect to happen. You don't understand what the company does. You don't understand how they make money. And now you're losing money and you don't understand what hits you. And that's a bad thing. Like, I, I would rather miss an opportunity than invest in something that I think is hot, but I don't understand it. So I really think it's important to understand the investment.
2: A hundred percent. Even if you have an advisor, like it is your advisor's responsibility to make sure you do understand where your investments are. It is also their responsibility to hear what you are interested in when it comes to investments. You don't want them to just be picking everything. You don't know what's going on. And to Alan's point, when you lose all your money, you don't know why. You don't know what happened. You don't even know what any of that had to do with you. You do want to be involved. You do want to be informed. We always talk about the best way to start investing is by investing in the things that you know about. When it comes to which stocks to pick pick the stocks that you know about, that you believe in and that you support. It'll make you feel a lot better when they are having bad days because if overall you do believe in their overall success, you'll stick it out and you will understand what's going on.
1: And the final one is just fear. Like I think a lot of folks, they they think about investing and the first thing that comes to mind is risk and fear and loss when in reality you invest money because you want to make a gain, right? And when it comes to the stock market, Would you believe that every year, just about every year, the stock market goes down by at least 10%? Like on average, the stock market goes down by 14% at some point during the year. And this is going back to 1980. But despite the intra-year drops of 14%, 75% of the time, 32 out of the last 42 years, the stock market had positive returns. So in other words, every year the stock market's going to decline so much that it's designed to scare you out of your pants and force you to sell your investments. But if you're willing to stick with it, 75% of the time you will make money.
2: So is it really scaring you or really is it an opportunity for you to buy low? right? Like you have to depend on how you think about it, right? If you really are an investor, when the stock market goes down, it's not to scare you to get out. It might be to lull you into buying more, buying low so that you can ride this ride and just wait for it to increase.
1: That's a fact. And we don't want to time it, but like the best advice is to just constantly be buying into the market. Mm -hmm. That's why the 401k is a great investment tool. That's why, you know, folks, a lot of our clients are sending money into their brokerage account every single month, even if it's 500 bucks, like it's accumulating, but it's also buying in during some of those low times that Tiffany talked about.
2: So we've talked about a lot of very common mistakes when it comes to investing, investing in a variety of different things, the market, alternative investments, people, but all of these things do apply and do not feel bad if you've made these mistakes. Don't feel bad if you end up still making these mistakes, but just know that we've talked about it. Don't feel alone. Things happen. It's all a part of the learning experience. But if we could have prevented you from making mistakes today, we hope we did.
1: Absolutely. So can we talk about some mistakes we've made? Like, again, we don't always hit it out the park.
2: Listen, listen. Sometimes we
1: stub our toe. And in particular, I'm talking about some of the private investments. Right.
2: Stub did. our like, toe. Yeah. Sometimes we get shot. It's not a stub <laughs> our toe. We've had some major yeah. fails.
1: Yeah. So I'll tell you about a big one. Like we had the chance to buy a gym and that gym seemed like an amazing opportunity because mm-hmm. we like this is a gym that the, the person who built it paid a million dollars to build it.
2: Beautiful we gym. Had,
1: yeah. Actually, they paid like almost a million four to build it. We had the chance to buy in for basically a $100,000.
2: Too good to be true?
1: We messed around and almost lost a half a million dollars.
2: Just by just trying to fund the business, trying to get things turned over, to really just kind of do our part to get things up and running. And unfortunately, it just didn't happen. No matter what we did, no matter how much effort, goodwill, hiring, all the things we did, You know, I think there's a variety of reasons why this particular gym didn't work out. And I think part of it had to do with the location, um, but it didn't work out. And so we just dumped money into an already dying liability. And that that was just a fail.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I, I think if I analyze what we did wrong here, number one, I think that we were a little overconfident and our ability to turn a business around. Like, I think we're great business owners. I mean, our success in dry cleaning shows that we've done a good job at being able to run a retail business. But I will tell you, not every business is meant to succeed. Like, some businesses are going to fail no matter all the effort you put in, all the research you do. Sometimes you just get a bad one.
2: Yeah, don't save her. She don't want to be safe. (laughs) That's really... What it is, you can't save every business. And I know yeah, so many you really people can't. You know, think that, especially when you think about the price tag, to Alan's point, a $1.4 million business and we're getting it for 100000 Oh my God, I can kill that. I can turn it around. Those are the wrong people. They're not doing it right. Sometimes Damn. that's very much true. Sometimes it's not. The only way for you to figure it out is to invest and either fail or win.
1: That's a fact. Sometimes the, the dog just won't bark.
2: Th- what? The dogs tail always, won't wag. Dogs <laughs> like, always bark. <laughs> the always the bark. hound
1: dog won't fetch. I don't oh know. Like gosh. there's all kinds of analogies here. Are there right, still so hound dogs?
2: Things. Is that still a thing?
1: You're darn right.
2: Oh my god, because you got one. You don't know anything about it. <laughs> You've made um bad investments by not investing. You told me a story about how you yeah. had the opportunity to invest yeah. in
1: when a film. Talk about that <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk about that. No, so, like for me, like I I will stick by this. Like I've missed a couple of arts investments. Major movies and plays that might turn out out to be successful but like i didn't understand it or i didn't feel good about it like i will Mm -hmm. tell you if you don't feel good about something if you don't understand how you're gonna make money then don't do it and like i i can live with that i can live with skipping something and missing out more than i can live with buying into something that i either didn't feel good about or i didn't fully understand how i was gonna make my money back so i agree Yeah. So other mistakes, I think not being able to see the forest, just the trees, right? Like when we bought into that gym, um, we didn't see the big picture of how competitive gyms were. Like I remember like going back to that overconfidence and not seeing the forest, just the trees, you know, like I not only put, you know, our money in, like I got my dad to put in college money that was saved for my... My nieces and nephews, and and my 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 kids, and um, we lost a lot of it, you know, messing now around. Now, Alan's with
2: it. telling the truth. Why he's paying all his money to NYU is because he uh, yeah. got.
1: me. I will <laughs> tell you, these dry cleaners coming through.
2: No, oh, no, and so to that point, the dry right? Dry cleaners
1: like, coming through.
2: Everything's not a fail. Alan and I are very diversified in our investments, right? So we're invested in the market, but we're invested in businesses, not just one, not just one type, but several. And so mm-hmm. while some are not doing great, others are killing right now. We're seeing mm-hmm. some of the greatest successes we've ever seen in some of our other businesses. And so Praise that really Lord. does speak to <laughs> that Praise really does speak Jesus. to our diversification. So that at the end of the day, we are still net positive, even though we made some mistakes while Alan's uh, having a praise (laughs) break in the background. Um, Even though we have made some mistakes, we'll continue to make some mistakes and sometimes things don't work out. We have enough things that are working out that it still is a sunny day.
1: And the final mistake we've made in business, which is one of the reasons why our butts are going to court soon, is not making sure the paperwork was straight. Like Mm. we, We have lawyers and lawyers and they draft stuff and sometimes it doesn't get drafted right. It may not get signed. Like we had papers that got drafted but never got signed and we didn't even remember that Here's they didn't the get signed in it till it was too late
2: that's happened a couple times with us with lawyers where our mm-hmm. lawyers the we hire the people that we're supposed to hire who are specialized in the industry or in the niche and we just assume they take care of it and then when we get in trouble we're like uh-uh call our lawyer look at our paperwork and they're like yeah your paperwork's the problem So again, even though someone is specialized and expensive and and has all the degrees, you still have to check behind them and make sure your paperwork's straight. I thought you were gonna say picking the wrong people because that's a huge
1: mistake. Oh, that's a big one
2: that we've made in business, including in this particular lawsuit that we currently have going on when we are suing somebody um and so you know picking the wrong people partnering with the wrong people um counting on the wrong people that is an investment the amount of time and trust you put into people and alignment that you give them to your portfolio your business whatever your vision is that's an investment and it can go wrong and we have definitely lost in those investments a couple of times
1: yeah but we got up again Facts. And we fell down but we got up and I'll tell you like some of our biggest wins came after biggest losses. Yeah. And and that's whether you're talking about in the stock market or in business, like you cannot be scared out of the game. Like that's when you definitely lost. And so keep fighting, keep investing, just, you know, stick with it. Like I think one thing that you told me a long time ago T is sometimes the smartest thing you can do is not quit.
2: Facts. So we'll be back next week. Hopefully we prevented you from making some of the mistakes you've been making Or some mistakes you probably were going to make. I'm Tiffany Hawkins.
1: I'm Alan Boomer.
2: And we're the Momentum Advisors.